Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 236. Today on our podcast, we'll be looking at another section of the book of Zechariah and the last part of the first letter of John, 1 John 5. And in doing so, we get a, a wonderful preview, a, a look forward by the prophet Zechariah of the fact that we need a king who is a shepherd king someone who will protect his flock, someone who will care for them, someone who will guide them and lead them, not like earthly kings who misuse their power and not like shepherds who run away at the first sign of danger, that Jesus is the true shepherd king we need and is the one predicted here in Zechariah and described in 1 John 5 as well. So let's have a look at this passage, these passages today and see what it tells us about Jesus, the shepherd king. Zechariah chapter 9. This is an oracle, the Lord's message, concerning the land of Hadrach, with its focus on Damascus. The eyes of all humanity, especially of the tribes of Israel, are toward the Lord, as are those of Hamath also, which adjoins Damascus, Tyre, and Sidon, though they consider themselves to be very wise. Tyre built herself a fortification and piled up silver like dust and gold like mud in the streets. Nevertheless, the Lord will evict her and shove her fortifications into the sea, she will be consumed by fire. Ashkelon will see and be afraid. Gaza will be in great anguish, as will Ekron, for her hope will have been dried up. Gaza will lose her king, and Ashkelon will no longer be inhabited. A mongrel people will live in Ashdod, for I will greatly humiliate the Philistines. I will take away their abominable religious practices. Then those who survive will become a community of believers in our God, like a clan in Judah, and Ekron will be like the Jebusites." Then I will surround my people to protect it, like a guard from anyone crossing back and forth, so no one will cross over against them as an oppressor, for now I myself have seen it. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is legitimate and victorious, humble, and riding on a donkey, on a a young donkey, the foal of a female donkey. I will remove the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be removed. Then he will announce peace to the nations. His dominion will be from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. Moreover, as for you, because of your covenant relationship secured with blood, I will release your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners, with hope. Today I declare that I will return double what was taken from you. I will bend Judah as my bow, I will load the bow with Ephraim, my arrow. I will stir up your son, Zion, against your son's Greece, and I will make you, Zion, like a warrior sword. Then the Lord will appear above them, and his arrow will shoot forth like lightning. The sovereign Lord will blow the trumpet and will proceed in the southern storm winds. The Lord of heaven's armies will guard them, and they will prevail and overcome with sling stones. Then they will drink and will become noisy like drunkards. They like full, like sacrificial basin, or like the corners of the altar. On that day, the Lord their God will deliver them as the flock of his people, for they are precious stones of a crown sparkling over his land. 
how precious and fair. Grain will make the young men flourish, and new wine the young women. Ask the Lord for rain in the season of the late spring rains, the Lord who causes thunderstorms, and he will give everyone showers of rain and green growth in the field. For the household gods have spoken wickedness, and soothsayers have seen a lie, and the dreamers have discussed, disclosed emptiness, and give comfort in vain. Therefore the people set out like sheep and have become scattered because they have no shepherd. I am enraged at the shepherds and will punish the lead goats. For the Lord of heaven's armies has brought blessing to his flock, the house of Judah, and will transform them into his majestic warhorse. From him will come the cornerstone, the wall peg, the battle bow, and every ruler. And they will be like warriors trampling the mud of the streets in battle. They will fight, for the Lord will be with them, and will defeat the enemy cavalry. I, says the Lord, will strengthen the kingdom of Judah, and deliver the people of Joseph, and will bring them back because of my compassion for them. They will be as though I had never rejected them, for I am the Lord their God, and therefore I will hear them. The Ephraimites will be like warriors and will rejoice as if they had drunk wine. Their children will see it and rejoice. They will celebrate in the good things of the Lord. I will signal for them and gather them, for I will have already redeemed them. Then they will become as numerous as they were before. Though I scatter them among the nations, they will remember in far-off places. They and their children will survive and return. I will bring them back from Egypt and gather them from Assyria. I will bring them to the lands of Gilead and Lebanon, and there will be not enough room for them. The Lord will cross the sea of storms and will calm its turbulence. The depths of the Nile will dry up, the pride of Assyria will be humbled, and the domination of Egypt will be no more. Thus I will strengthen them by my power, and they will walk about in my name, says the Lord. Open your gates, Lebanon, so that fire may consume your cedars. Howl, fir tree, because the cedar has fallen. The majestic trees have been destroyed. Howl, oaks of Bashan, because the impenetrable forest has fallen. Listen to the howling of the shepherds, because their magnificence has been destroyed. Listen to the roaring of young lions, because the thickets of the Jordan have been devastated. The Lord my God says, Shepherd the flock set aside for slaughter. Those who buy from buy them slaughter them and are not held guilty. Those who sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich. Their own shepherds have no compassion for them. Indeed, I will no longer have compassion on the people of the land, says the Lord, but instead I will turn every last person over to his neighbor and his king. They will devastate the land, and I will not deliver it from them. So I began to shepherd the flock destined for slaughter, the most afflicted of all the flock. Then I took two staffs, calling one pleasantness and the other union, and I tended the flock. Next I eradicated the three shepherds in one month, for I ran out of patience with them, and indeed they detested me as well. I then said, I will not shepherd you. What What is to die, let it die, and what is to be eradicated, let it be eradicated. As for those who survive, let them eat each other's flesh. Then I took my staff pleasantness and cut it in two to annul my covenant that I had made with the people. So it was annulled that very day, and then the most afflicted of the flock who kept faith with me knew that it was the Lord's message. Then I said to them, If it seems good to you, pay me my wages, but if not, forget it. So they weighed out my payment, thirty pieces of silver. The Lord then said to me, Throw to the potter that exorbitant sum of which they valued me. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw them to the potter at at the temple of the Lord. Then I cut the second staff union in two in order to annul the covenant of brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Again, the Lord said to me, 
Take up once more the equipment of a foolish shepherd. Indeed, I am about to raise up a shepherd in the land who will not take heed of the shepherd headed to slaughter, will not seek the scattered, and will not heal the injured. Moreover, he will not nourish the one that is healthy, but instead will eat the meat of the fat sheep and tear off their hooves. Woe to the worthless shepherd who abandons the flock. May a sword fall on his arm and his right eye. May his arm wither completely away and his right eye become completely blind. As we work through this book of Zechariah now, chapters 9 through 11, just there, we notice that there's a going back and forth, and I hope you caught that. There's a good shepherd who's representing God, who ultimately is Jesus, the one who this prediction from Zechariah 9 is spoken of when Jesus rides a donkey into Jerusalem. That's straight out of Zechariah chapter 9. But then there's these other shepherds, these earthly shepherds who are supposed to know better, who are supposed to actually take care of the flock, but who keep doing everything opposite of what they meant to be doing. They kill the sheep instead of care for them. They don't feed the sheep or tend to them. And when the sheep scatter, they don't go after them. And in contrast, the good shepherd, the shepherd king we need, is Jesus who actually goes after the flock and then gives his very life for them. And we see this uh, described by the first John chapter five, where John there speaks about the fact that God is the one who loves his children and who brings them to himself and cares for them and does so through the water and the blood, through their cleansing and the blood of Jesus. And so let's have a look and finish our time with first John chapter five. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been fathered by God, and everyone who loves the Father loves the child fathered by him. By this we know that we love the children of God, whenever we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments do not weigh us down, because everyone who has been fathered by God conquers the world. This is the conquering power that has conquered the world, our faith. Now, who is the person who has conquered the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Jesus Christ is the one who came by water and blood, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three are in agreement. If we accept the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater, because this testimony is the testimony of God that he has testified concerning his Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself, and the one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has testified concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. The one who has the Son has eternal life. The one who does not have the Son of God does not have this eternal life. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have before him, that whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in regard to whatever we ask, then we know that we have the requests that we have, have asked from him. If anyone sees his fellow Christian committing a sin not resulting in death, he should ask, and God will grant life to that person who commits a sin not resulting in death. There is a sin resulting in death. I do not say that you should ask about that. All unrighteousness is sin, but there is a sin there is sin not resulting in death. We know that everyone fathered by God does not sin, but God protects the one he has fathered, 
and the evil one cannot touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us insight to know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This one is the true God and eternal life. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. And there John finishes off all these different descriptions of Jesus and being the Son, being the Father, a Son of the Father, the Christ, the King, and the one who saves us by water and the blood, by his shed blood for us, the cleansing that we see in the waters of baptism. And in all these different things, it's supposed to lead people to love and to obey and to serve God and God alone. And that's why John ends with this last sentence, little children, guard yourselves from idols. Guard yourselves from the things that sway you away from worshiping God and that cause you to disobey God as you serve the idols instead of him. And so this word comes from the shepherd king himself, the one who loves, who protects, and who comes to be worshiped and adored so that as we do that, we love, serve, and obey him. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. <laughs>